I didn't become a, pro a priority for my own project. And again, this just ended up making time blow out. And every time you blow out your time, well, I'm sure you know what happens then. Your costs blow out. And I really believe that you have got to have such a tight grip on your time because otherwise you are just going to end up costing yourself so much money. And if you can, then really try and make sure that you treat yourself. If you are kind of doing this project for yourself, then treat yourself as if you were the client. Welcome to Imprint, a podcast about creating a home and life you love. I'm Natalie Walton, an interior designer, stylist, and best-selling author focused on an holistic approach to homes. Each week, I'm sharing insights and interviews about the creative process to help you enhance both your interiors and well-being, as well as provide you with the tools and resources to make considered and sustainable choices with all that you create. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Imprint. I'm very grateful that you're joining me today. I really appreciate you listening in to this podcast. I know that there are so many things that you could be listening to when you're going for your walk. Maybe you're like me, you listen to podcasts while you're cleaning the kitchen or doing the laundry or going on the drive to pick up the kids from school pickup or drop off or all of those things. I have a friend who laughs at me because she says, you know, whenever I see you in the car, you've always got your earpods in um, and I know you're listening to podcasts and I feel guilty that I should be listening to <laughs> podcasts, but I do love listening. I mean, that's kind of like, you know, me time for me. It's kind of my time to just do the things that uh, inspire me, nurture me, uh, just, yeah, really kind of feed me in some kind of way. So if imprint is that for you, I'm really grateful and appreciative of your time. And today I want to share, well, part of me doesn't, <laughs> but I thought it might be helpful to share some of the biggest lessons that I've learned on my most recent renovation project, which has been a build in Byron Bay. This was an existing building and uh, so it wasn't one like building from the ground up, but basically we kind of took everything out of there and really worked with the shell of the building and completely transformed it. Now, it is my very, very great hope that by the time that this episode goes live, it is actually open as a showroom that you can come and visit in Byron Bay. If not, it will be so close, but you know, it, it's very hard and I, I've kind of been burnt. <laughs> with this whole process a little bit it's we've had several factors kind of going against us um but it should very much be up and running and if you are a local please come and say hello if you are visiting australia then please put it on your list of places to visit there are so many incredible places to visit in um, Byron Bay, in the what's called the Arts and Industrial Estate, and there are some really, really great businesses. So I would love to have you come visit. If not, then uh, you can check it out on Instagram for Imprint House, and we'll be doing all sorts of features and, and hopefully having an opening um, of sorts. So anyway, stay tuned for all of that if it hasn't already happened. I am recording this a little bit ahead of time, 
because I do like to, as much as possible, batch my content when I can. And um, I'm about to go into a very intense period of work and uh, just want to get ahead a little bit. So that is something that I, I really find a lot of value in. So the reason I wanted to create a podcast about this topic is that there is a lot of, you know, there are a lot of TV shows about renovation and they make it look, you know, they put all the drama in. And so it's not like things don't go wrong, but it doesn't really represent the true arc and the true journey of renovating a space. And I wanted to sort of share my own journey in the help that, and the hope that um, you don't make some of the mistakes that I did. And even though, you know, this is the crazy thing is that you can do it many times and you still do things that don't go according to the plan or you sort of think, you know, next time I'm going to do this better or I'm going to do this differently. And so I want to share some of the big lessons that I've really taken from working on this project and help hope that it will help you if you're planning to work on a project. And it doesn't even necessarily have to be that you're working on a renovation. Maybe you're just, you know, doing some updates to your home, but they're still really important points to take in mind. So, um, I hope that you find this really helpful and wherever you're at on your journey. So the first really big challenge is that, um, you know, that you can face when you're sort of deciding to do a renovation or a remodel project is that perhaps, you know, you don't really know where to start. Um, you know, there are, there are so many different steps that are involved in the process. And I think we, you know, as creatives, we love, and we sort of like to think about, um, you know, the vision and what it's going to look like. And we get really excited about that. And I certainly do as well, but there are so many different moving parts to a renovation. It is not just about what it looks like. It is also about, you know, getting trades involved and having a builder or a contractor and all of the sort of the subcontractors that are related to that, the plumbers and the electricians and all the different parts and the drawings and the technical requirements and compliance and, you know, all different elements. And um, it's really important to have a very clear picture of all those different elements, not to mention your budget, of course, and um, and have a really clear plan and process about what you're going to do. The second big challenge can really be that you don't really know what's going to have the biggest impact. And um, I'm kind of quite fortunate in this sense of I think my years of working in interior styling where it really is about actually being incredibly resourceful and learning how to make the most of what you've got and using those decorative um, elements to kind of really enhance a space, you know, that I, I do feel like that has helped train my eye in that sense of what will have the biggest impact. But of course, there are so many invisible costs that go into a renovation. There are so many things that you spend money on that you don't see, you know, all of those things to do with, you know, um, the elements that are hidden behind walls, basically, you know, the plumbing, the electrician, uh, the electricity, um, wires and all of that, you know, um, even if you're going down the path of solar panels and any of those types of requirements, you know, so much money is spent on that. And it is kind of an invisible investment is the type of thing that you don't really see. And, um, it can kind of feel a little bit boring to spend your money on that, but ultimately, you know, 
that's the essential parts to make sure that everything functions and works. And then there's the challenge of that sometimes you just don't know what you don't know. There are, you know, people who dedicate their entire lives to just this one thing. And um, when you're doing this on your own or as an owner builder or you're project managing it, there are just there is just so much to know. So it is definitely something that can be an incredibly overwhelming process. And it's really good to have a master plan so that you're very clear on what's going to be involved in that. So today I want to share some of the big lessons that I've learned on my projects. And as I mentioned, I really hope that they help you wherever you're at on your journey. So for me, I really think that one of the biggest mistakes that I made with this project was that, um, and my encouragement for you is to make sure that if you're going to take on something of this magnitude, that you take something else off your plate. And I have kind of learned the hard way that it just kind of so happened that I thought, yes, you know, I finished writing these two books so I can really focus now on um on on this project and so I thought that I kind of had but I guess in reality that the books were actually something that were already extra on my plate and so I really needed to have cleared something else off my plate to make that happen and then there's always a lot of work that goes into launching books into the world and um so yeah that was definitely a really big challenge for me in terms of just time having enough time to make it all happen. And I certainly dedicated a lot of time to the design process and creating, you know, the master plan in terms of the vision of what the space was going to look like and getting references and, and all of those kind of things. But um, just then having the actual time to, to see all of those kind of I'm not going to, I don't want to use the word boring again, but, you know, to see those parts of the project through that are more the um, less, you know, exciting and um, fun parts of the project, you know, which is the, you know, relaying the information to the, the contractors and the trades and the back and forth on that and being on site and all of that. And um, it's really piecemeal. And the way that I kind of work and the way that my brain really works is that I, I really thrive on structure. I really love kind of knowing, okay, like today, today I have recorded three podcast interviews and now I'm doing this particular session because I'm in that zone. I've got the equipment out. I'm in that headspace. And so I just want to keep going. But when you're working on a big renovation, you know, your trades are there every day. So you can't work necessarily in that same way. And perhaps that's something, you know, to me, unique to me, I don't know. Um, you know, I, maybe I'm a little bit too rigid in terms of the way that I would like to work, but I definitely have rhythms and routines that just really help me in my daily life because I do have a lot going on and I find it very comforting to work within those kind of constraints because it, means that I can just focus on doing the work. I don't like kind of, oh, should I go in to see the site today or should I not go in to see the site today? Or, or you know, if I've got other commitments and work meetings and then it's all the juggle starts to become a little bit too much. And so that has really been a challenge for me. And so um, it, this will tie into my my third point that I wanted to share with you. Um, 
and well, they're all very much interlinked. The second one is that um, the second mistake was that I was really in a rush to start. And I think we can all do this when we have projects like this, you know, particularly if it is a financial investment. I know the same happened when we bought the house that we're in at the moment is that, you know, as soon as you start paying that mortgage, you just want to get in there as soon as possible because you don't want to be paying a mortgage on a place that's empty. However, sometimes that can be a false, not a saving, but, you know, you it's, it's not the best mindset to go into it because what can happen is that if you're trying to push ahead because you're sort of worrying about, well, we're paying the mortgage, so we really need to get this thing happening as quickly as possible, then maybe you're not actually making the best choices for the project. Maybe you're actually better to pause, get everything lined up, and then once you can go, then it's like everything can happen in really quick succession, and you can be so much more efficient and ultimately economical with your project. And I think that this was for us a big downfall of this project. It was very much complicated by the fact that when we started, there was incredible limited supply of labor in our area. Not only was this the kind of post-COVID building boom, so that trades were in general in short supply, but within our local area that year, earlier that year, there had been, you know, um, the worst floods on record. And so there was additional work that was going on in, you know, so many different homes. And of course, you know, those people, we all wanted them to have the priority in terms of that, but it just meant that we couldn't get hold of um, trades. And then, so initially I was kind of working on the designs during that period, but then suddenly a builder became available and it's like, oh, okay, yeah, let's quick, let's grab him because, um, you know, he'd been recommended to us. He's a really nice guy. And, um, and, you know, we just, we were kind of like desperate. So we, we quickly, um, you know, said, yes, okay, let's, let's start. We'll start now. But our kind of big downfall with this project was that we didn't actually have all our drawings completed. And what ended up happening for the whole project was that it just kept holding us up at different points. And so then he would then go to another project um, because we didn't have something completed. And then, you know, it just pushed everything out so much. Whereas if we had perhaps gone, you know what, we're just going to focus on getting all of our drawings completed um, and then start. I mean, it sounds so obvious, but, you know, in the moment, I think we can all make decisions that seem good in theory, but, you know, because we're in a rush or a panic and, and that was kind of our situation and we didn't want to waste money on the building, but ultimately it's kind of shot us in the foot in the long run. And, and it's definitely something that we have said, we're not going to do that again for our next project. We will make sure that everything is completed. Even if we're still paying money on a mortgage, it will ultimately become a much more effective and efficient and economical and cost-friendly way to renovate a project rather than kind of just rushing in because somebody has become available. So my big tip for you on that would be to, you know, be wary about rushing in to start. I think that it's, it's a very easy trap to fall into. Like I said, you know, sometimes these things can seem so obvious, but um, I know for us that you know, if we had our time over again, without a doubt, 
we would um, we would do it differently. And there was even a point where we sort of we had somebody on her, our team who um, she was learning to you know drop designs, and we got her to help us. But then her hours changed, and um, due to her kind of change in life circumstances, and she had moved and to a different region, and so you know that was had a little bit of a factor in. And then we thought, well, we'll get somebody on a site such as Upwork. We had been recommended an architect who could do drafting for us, and. Um, we sort of started to go down that path and then it was like, oh no, but we, you know, he's starting next week. So like, we'll just work with what we've got. And it just, I, I really regret that we didn't get those complete drawings because it just, it, it just really, um, it held us up and it caused so many flow on effects that you don't necessarily envisage at the time. And the third idea that, um, you know, I wanted to share with you and sort of the mistake that I made was that I think this is, this is kind of one of the, the traps sometimes of when you're, you're, you are your own client and, um, but I didn't treat myself as my own client. And next time I go into this, you know, I think it's very different when I, um, you know, I have clients and I'm working and like they become the number one priority for everything. And, you know, my focus is on them. But because this was my own project, it was like, uh, well, I've got this other thing that's going on and I'm trying to finish this and I've got all these other things. And and so often I didn't become a, pro, a priority for my own project. And again, this just ended up making time blow out. And every time you blow out your time, well, I'm sure you know what happens then. Your costs blow out. And I really believe that you have got to have such a tight grip on your time because otherwise you are just going to end up costing yourself so much money. And so my big recommendation would be to be as effective and efficient as possible with your time. And if you can, then really try and make sure that you treat yourself. If you are kind of doing this project for yourself, then treat yourself as if you were the client and kind of, you know, have those tough love moments with yourself of like, no, this is the deadline. You've got to get this finished by this time and and have that whole map processed out. And I did, you know, in, in rough senses, but I just, I didn't hold myself accountable as much as what I really should have. And, um, and again, I'm really going to take a different approach, like actually treat myself in a really professional way and kind of go through the process. And, and it's a really will be a great, um, opportunity. And for those of you who kind of are exploring interior design or want to explore interior design and, and maybe your own home is your first project, then honestly treat yourself, create the systems and processes as if you were doing this, you know, for a client. And it is such a great way to approach it, to professionalize your design process. And um, that would definitely be my big encouragement to you. So I just wanted to share these ideas with you. You know, this is a little bit of a shorter episode, but like I said, I hope that you find it really valuable because right now I'm still feeling it and it's still all a little bit raw and hurting a little bit. So um, my encouragement for you is to make sure that you take something off your plate before you embark on a big renovation project. So for those of you who are working full time, 
um, you know, I mean, it, it, it really is a challenge. So you're going to have to find ways to carve that time out. Or, you know, maybe you should just consider engaging a professional. And I think this is the big misconception, particularly in Australia when it comes to this. It's like if you're a creative person and if you're a visual person, it, it's like we sort of think that there's no value in going to somebody who is a professional or who can help you or engaging somebody's services because we I think we tend to think, well, but I can I can do this, so I should do this. But the truth is you can still provide the vision. You're still kind of giving the yes or the no. You're still saying, um, you know, approving concepts or guiding concepts. And you can be involved as much or as little as you want, but somebody else can manage the project for you. And I think that's something really worthwhile considering as well um, within that whole process. The second big idea was that I really encourage you to not be in a rush to start. So really make sure as much as possible that you have got as much stuff completed before you actually get trades onto site and onto the location. Because once they're there, you really want to make sure that they can maintain the momentum while they are there. Because once they leave, it's very, very hard to get them back. And then the third big idea that I wanted to share with you is to treat yourself like you are a client. Really professionalize the process of what you're doing and what you're designing because it is very easy to kind of put yourself last and ultimately that's just going to end up costing you a whole heap of time and money and um, I really, you know, no one wants to spend more money than they have to. I mean, we all would rather have that money go towards our projects rather than go towards um, just wasted money because we weren't, you know, organized enough or we just didn't put enough time towards this project. So like I said, I hope that these help you just to kind of really get that clarity on the process of what you need to do and the steps that you need to take. Um, my other podcast with Courtney Adamo, Renovation um, Ready, is is the second season is live and we're going into more details about all things renovation. So if that is something that you enjoy listening to, then um, come over and listen to us talk all things renovation there. And um, in the meantime, I hope you have a beautiful week. I hope that this has been helpful for you. If you know of anyone who is about to renovate, then um, my encouragement would be that you perhaps share this episode with, with them. I know that, you know, it is something that we think is actually so much easier than what it is. And I think that the more for, oh gosh, I always get this one wrong, forewarned, forearmed, you know what I'm talking about. The more prepared we can be beforehand, then the better position we're putting ourselves in. And ultimately the more time um, and money we're going to save. So um, please feel free to share this with anyone that you know who's about to renovate because like I said, um, these are very big lessons that I've learned on my most recent project and it's not like it's my first time that I've done this. So it just goes to show that it is a continual learning journey and um, I hope that this helps you wherever you're at and I look forward to connecting again with you soon. Have a beautiful week. All of the links and info for this episode are at nataliewalton.com forward slash podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so that you can get a direct download of the latest episode. 
And I really appreciate when you take a minute to rate and review, as well as share the love with someone you know who might benefit from this episode or on social media. If you'd like to access a range of free resources, come visit my website, nataliewalton.com. Thank you to Jaeger Media for producing this podcast. And I would also like to acknowledge the people of the Bundjalung Nation where it was recorded and pay my respects to elders past, present and emerging. I look forward to connecting again soon. I'm Natalie Walton and you've been listening to Imprint. Imprint.